dream last night. A vision. I saw a world full of people. Everybody was dancing and screaming loud. They were just there to listen to the music. It was deep. It was underground. Let's turn the world into a dance floor. Yes, and welcome to a new podcast. My name is Ruben Ronde, and I'm joined here in the studio with one of the guys that I have the most history with, with from all the artists on this planet, Urien Nielsen. Hi there, Mr. De Ronde. How are you doing, man? Ah, feels a lot better being back in the studio, I have to admit, and just sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah? Yeah. What has been uh, like the last couple of months, or I should say two years? What have what are the what kind of roller coaster has it been for you? It's been one of those things where the first two three months you're kind of happy you're home and you don't have to tour the world because you've been touring the world for about 15 years, mm-hmm. and then it goes into a little bit like you know what it's it's about time I start traveling again, and then you can't, mm-hmm. and then the depression starts, which you don't even see coming. It just sneaks up on you, and then all of a sudden you're sitting on your couch watching the Simpsons rerun for the <laughs> thousandth time. Just yeah, he's checking down all the Netflixes. Exactly, I I, I finished it. I finished Netflix. I rounded you, it. You finished it. Yeah. Everything done already. Yeah, yeah. So. Was it? Um, how did you experience that? That first? I don't want to talk about COVID too much, but how did you experience it from the beginning? That you had your shows, uh, and then the whole world just came to a standstill. It was so weird because I was I was like fully touring as well. So and being you know on the road has been sort of like my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So the first like couple of months, maybe two, three months, it was just quite awesome because my daughter was there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could chill out. I can hang with my friends and not just focus on being in the studio and being like a on the run dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the first two, three months actually were, I think, a reset button on everything. So I felt normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Then after a couple of weeks, your your daughter was like, "Okay, Dad, when are you gonna go on tour again? <laughs> I've, I've had enough of you." <laughs> yeah, she was uh, she was uh, saying that uh, I I felt too comfortable at home in the beginning because I thought it was gonna open up again after like yeah, a month of course. or two. Like, okay, it's gonna take a few weeks, and then we're on again. Yeah, and as soon as when I realized that the summer tours and like I was supposed to be Misterland, which actually mm-hmm. is a big bucket list thing for me. Yeah, and it got Same. canceled. I was like, what? And that's when I started realizing, okay, this thing is a little bit more serious than I thought it was initially. So, and here we are in the blink of an eye, two two years later. Hey, hello, hello. <laughs> exactly two years later to the day, I think, since things yeah, just started. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, just a little bit more patience, my friend. <sighs> and after that, you've you've done quite a few shows already because you were with the State of Trends, of course, in uh, Moscow. Oh man, that was amazing! It felt like the world was finally getting back to normal. Yeah. It was so cool, man. You were there. I mean, it, it, was, it was unbelievable. Amazing. It was unbelievable. I think it was the, yeah, it was just the, the the feeling of that crowd over there was so energetic, and they also like you 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 noticed it that they were really up for it. Oh yeah, the, like they, the they first were, record they were. Let's, they were. Thinking. I would actually say that would that would probably be one of my top ten shows of like ever because of the reception you got. It was the first big show after like one and a half years, and it just took off. I had so much fun. Yeah. I have to admit, I I kind of had nerves, and I haven't had nerves in like ten yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, like the the butterflies. Yes, so like. it was back again, and of, of course, after like when it's two minutes before you start playing, you actually just okay, time to get on. Yeah. You actually get in that mood, and that's set. But still, it was like the first couple of tracks. I was like, oh, I hope they like this. I have to say, I, I had the same. I was 
like normally the thing is we've been on tour for such a long time you you don't really get nervous anymore because no. you kind of know already what you're going to play you kind of know the reaction already it's not like it's not like how do you say it not like a habit or anything a show but it's something that you know what's going to happen already it's, and it's sort of a routine yeah. a happy routine obviously of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but but it, yeah i know where you're coming from it's, a, it's 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 that thing as well and then you've been into lockdown and you have all these new things to play and you have new no, records and yeah. you're like how are they going to react to these new records yeah you have no idea anymore mm-hmm. what is in like what do people like now will i have to play uh, an hour worth of just commercial stuff or not and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go back to old school stuff i played like quite a few old school tracks Mm -hmm. that show as well and i think that's something i I realized during my downtime is how much i look at sets from other people and i love their old stuff i'm like you know what i probably should play more of my old stuff in my because your old stuff is also awesome new stuff also but you know what yeah i mean it was a special time it was I, i would say it was like the epitome of like our scene at that time it's when EDM, let's call it EDM. Just take all under one group and just say like when, when 2010, 2011, it just bursted like yeah. everywhere. And I, I, man, the memories from that time as well is so amazing. That's the year that you came into the DJ Mag on 28th, something like that. Uh, yeah. I, no, I came in, I, I came in on 49 and I was 32 the next year. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't too bad. Uh, and it was just like, I had no idea about DJ Mag. Like I didn't even follow DJ Mag back in those times until I ended up in one. Mm-hmm. So it was um, it was pretty strange. But that's when you actually felt that okay, something is happening where the world is becoming bigger. It's becoming more like a commercially accepted thing. I, I mean, I could play a track for well, you can't do it nowadays, but I could play a track for like five minutes and people were still going at it. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah, instead of the, the hyper mixing. Yeah, exactly. Is it something in the, in lockdown also that you started to approach production as well differently? Like mm, definitely. Like changing styles a little bit, I, I become more melodic. I think we can say that for certainty. Like for like at one point, you're touring so much, you're playing so many festivals and clubs. You want to drops, have the bangers, drops, drops, yeah. yeah. So obviously, your production style gets affected by it too. It gets mm-hmm. colored by it. And I ended up like the, my first like real down back to the melodic me was Sanktan Soften. Yeah, uh, and uh, that track was uh, basically me just sitting there watching. The reason it's called Santos often is because I actually start working on it on, uh, well, it's Midsummer Night's Eve in Norway, mm-hmm. and I, you know what? I felt like you. I haven't, I haven't been able to play or do anything with tracks like this for a long time. So when I actually was able to make a track that was just, it felt nice to just focus on the melodic. Focus it didn't matter. It didn't have to rush it into a break or whatever. It just took its time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually one of my biggest tracks for the past few years. I think it's like one and a half million streams and it's wow. like instrumental. So that's pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, I have a couple of questions from uh, from the listeners, from the fans as well. Ooh. Let's start with a, an easy one. Uh, Soy Lia Mok wants to know, which software do you use? Oh, okay. So if you're going to talk about the DAW, where I... Which yeah, let's keep it on the DAW. Let's keep it on the DAW. Okay, that's, a, that's Cubase. Okay. Which is now at a, version 11... And, uh, Just like Ableton, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they follow each other pretty well. Is it something that you use from the start, Cubase? Basically, yes. Uh, well, the first program I used was Fast Tracker. Same, yeah. Fast Tracker too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're that old people. It was a DOS. Yeah. It was a DOS program that you needed to you needed to type in stuff, and then something yeah. would happen. Zero one zero one. Yeah, that would be an that would be a sound. Yeah, it's, one would be a sound. Zero would be nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird, man. <laughs> All right, let's go back to. Uh, when everything started, because I think um, 
the first time that I got in touch with you musical wise was probably 2005 or six, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What made you, made you start making music? What sparked you that you were like, okay, I need to maybe first DJing, maybe first making music. What was the first? I actually started making music when I was like 14. Mm -hmm. That was the first. Uh, and I started making music because I heard, uh, I think it was in Transfer Trust CDs. Yeah. And I got really fascinated by that one guy could make the beats and the melodies and everything by himself because I was really frustrated with not having enough people who wanted to make music back home in Hirkenes. Yeah. So uh, I thought, you know what? This is actually a platform I can do. And I really loved like the coming together of the massive beats and the melodies. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started making it because I needed an outlet for music because I always wanted to make music. So I don't know. And trance just fascinated me so much. You were already making music like you were playing an instrument or something like that. Well, the thing was, I've, I've played drums ever since I was a kid mm -hmm. and uh, piano. I even played clarinet, but let's not talk too much about that. Uh, but yeah. Well, here's the clarinet though. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be, I probably wouldn't even be able to make a sound. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, so I was sort of like in a rock band, sort okay. of. Yeah. And uh, it just ended up being like a sporadical thing where people just came in if they wanted to come in and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I played drums and I played piano. And at one point I had all these ideas on my little piano. And uh, yeah, it never got anywhere because I had no idea how to put it into How a to capture it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just there in my fingers. And then that didn't help much. So yeah. And how did that change? It changed actually by uh, a friend of mine coming in from Sweden who also showed me those CDs. And he told me, yeah, man, you can just download a program to your computer. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. What's this magic? Yeah, first of all, I was like... That's not how you make music. I was the old school type that you have to record. You need it. instruments. Yeah. 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 He's like, no, 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 it's fine. You can just get samples. And uh, and he showed me this program, Fast Tracker. And I didn't understand two bits of it in the first, <laughs> like, a uh, few couple of days. And I was like, oh, so the one actually, so if I put the one there, that comes a clap. Oh, there's a kick. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's kind of learned me a little bit of structure. And I got my first synth, which is called uh, Roland JX305. And he had an onboard sequencer. Okay. So I learned how to like build and arrange a track thanks to that actually as well because that one you had just a certain amount of bars you could use and then that was it. So you had to finish a track within four minutes. If okay. not, it, it yeah. It's still the same speed that you're working in right now basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from that moment that you started making music in the, the new Roland, mm. um, how long did it take you to get to the level that you were releasing your first tune? Oh my God. Um, so the thing was, I think I had a... I think I showed you this. It was a track I made in 2002 called Cheers and Desperation. So I think 2002 was the year I was probably good enough. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I don't think Armada was even there yet. I think no. It, no. No, 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 no. So, uh, and I, I remember sending that into United Music and Black Hole. And I didn't even get a response from Black Hole, but I did get a response from United saying, yeah, it's not what they're looking for and blah, blah, blah. I remember showing it, I think it was to you and to somebody else at Armada. Who it's I possible. Yeah. And you said, we would have signed it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was made in 2002. So I, I knew basically, apparently from 2002 to 2003, I was at the level where I was good enough. But I don't. Uh, 2005 was when I signed Redwoods. That's that's like when Armin added me on MSN. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, what happened now? Yeah, I had no idea. I thought it, first of all, I thought it was a joke. Like, luckily, he doesn't have that email email anymore. So I can say it, a van buren at hotmail.com. Yeah, something there. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that and I was like, okay, that seems like somebody who just took an email and just like, you know, yeah, we're Armin. And uh, yeah, no, he was Armin. So 2005 was when my uh, first track got signed. 
And of course, it was featured on this compilation that year as well, I think, Redwoods. Yes, yeah. it was in the 2006 one. It was on uh, A State of Trance, mm-hmm. 2006. And it was uh, pretty cool. I have a funny story about that, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. All right. So the first time I came to Holland was actually, or well, the Netherlands were uh, in 2006 for Armada Music Night. Yeah. Um, and whilst I was here, I was always ordering my vinyls from For DJs Only. Yeah, with Pascal. Yes, yeah, in Soetermeer. Yeah, Soetermeer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we had to like, we had to like take trains. It was me and a friend of mine. And I come over there and I was like, oh my God, we're here. Like a candy shop. Yeah, it was a candy shop. And I asked the guy, so I was like, I have no idea what to look for, blah, blah, blah. Can you please give me like the best trance record you have? I did not know that Redwoods was already released. <laughs> and the first tracks he showed me is my track. He's like, oh, this one is from Armada, Captivating. I think you're going to like this one. And I see the title. I'm like, that's me. <clears throat> He's like, no, that's that's not you. Nobody knew who I was at the time. No. And he's like, I'm like, no, 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 it's me. I, I, trust me. So I had to show him like what it says, O. Nilsson. And I had to show him my passport. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's you. So they took a picture there. And the first track I ever bought in Holland was my own. Your own vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And from that moment, you, you that was DJ Governor, of course. Yeah, that was DJ Governor. And from there on, you started shifting a little bit. You started releasing first as Urion, I think. Yeah. That was on Intuition Recordings back in With the days. With Men on the Young? Yeah. Arctic Globe? Arctic Globe, yes. Arctic Globe and Prison Break. Unbelievable tracks. Thank you so much. If you man. look on Discogs, those vinyls are worth a hefty penny, I would say. Oh, well, I, I'm i a struggling DJ during COVID, so maybe I'll sell my couple of... <laughs> well, if you have them, put them online because a lot of people are looking for those, to be oh. honest. So just, just so you know. Oh, thank you so much. I, yeah. <laughs> Give me the money! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that those were released as Urian, and then at a certain point you were like, okay, now I'm going to release music as Urian Nielsen. Yeah, basically it's it was actually I think it was uh, Sander Buma, uh, an old A&R for Armada, who told me, you know what, you have a really cool name. I never yeah. thought my name would be cool. Urian Nielsen is a pretty like fairly common name in Norway. Yeah. Doesn't sound all that good, mm-hmm. but apparently it sounds good anywhere else. It does. Thank you, man. So, and from that moment, you were like, okay, this is Uri Nielsen. Uh, what was the first release on the Uri Nielsen? I'm trying to think. I actually think the first Uri Nielsen release was uh, on a label that doesn't exist anymore. And it was the guy who worked at Dance Grooves. He had his own label, mm-hmm. uh, Arctic Quest, if you remember him. Yeah. So he signed a track that I made called Orlando. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I used Uri Nielsen. So that was like 2007, I think. I can't remember that track at all. No, it's because nobody knew it. It was a brand new label. It was only digital at the time. Which Uh, was mega revolutionary then. Yeah. So basically, uh, nobody heard about it. It's now back like with me. So I have the rights for that track. It's a track called Infusion as well that I released there. And uh, that was the first time and nobody knew about it. But well, I I also used Udon Nielsen for the Carabella remix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was a... So it's someone else together, right? It was Galen. Galen, Galen yeah, Galen, Galen Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So now we are in 2008, basically. Yeah. And then suddenly, La Guitare came. Yeah. yeah. That was like the, okay, hello world. Yeah. Here, Here I, I am. am. Yeah. And it's a very emotional track as well. It is. It's a track that I wish I never made. Because yeah. uh, it was a track that ended up being my therapeutic session after my brother passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I remember I made a track called Scrubs and I sent it to Armada. And um, I remember it was the time of EPs, so they wanted a B-side yeah. as well. So like, because it was okay. a vinyl, yeah, it was A-side, a B-side. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're like, yeah, we need a B-side for Scrubs. And I'm like, okay, I don't have anything. And I only had like guitar lying around for me. 
And I was like, okay, I got this track. It doesn't sound like any genre, blah, blah, blah. It's just a bit of guitar. He's like, yeah, send it over. And then he's, he calls me back on the phone after an email. He's just like, man, this is, this is not a B-side. This is not a B-side at all. This is a single standalone release. Yeah. And after that, like, I had no idea what was going on, but that track, I think it went to like hit list in like 17 countries yeah. or something like that. Was pretty insane. I remember this quite vividly, to be honest. Yeah, like this do. whole process because I was sharing office with with Sonda Bauma as well. Yeah, and I think it was just just before we started working together, and me as an A R for you as well. Yeah, and getting that track in was like, holy shit, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I think you were one of the first ones that were that were com- combining like, I wouldn't say dry drops. Like no, yeah. How how can you yeah? Well, melodic together with housey influences and stuff like that. Yeah, slower down trends. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Like I liked. I I always liked like the grooves and rhythms of house music. You know. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what? Uh, I had like the offbeat bass and the and the guitar sound, but I was like, you know what? This can't be it. Like it can't just be this. So that's Mm -hmm. why I wanted to make like a more funky electro houses drop kind of thing. Yeah, and it kind of worked like uh, it's kind of separated from the track, but it works well together. So uh, that's why I thought, you know, nobody's going to sign this. Nobody's going to like this track because it's just so out there. (laughs) (laughs) Did did it make it extra special for you that that track is one of your breakthrough tracks? It, uh, it's so bittersweet, bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Because it is probably today uh, still the biggest track I've made. Mm -hmm. Um, and it happened for all the wrong reasons. Oh, and but you know, it's still it's a track I don't play too much when I'm live because whenever I play it, I get back to that place. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's it's one of those special tracks that I it's probably gonna forever and always be my favorite track of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think same for me because it has such an emotional value, and I know you for so many years, and I've seen you yeah. climb that ladder. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a lot of more stories about that also, but we'll keep that for outside of the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that not everything is, is suitable for no, <coughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Another question. Helios Kang wants to know, who do you like to collaborate with the most? Or who would you love to collaborate the most? Who would I love to? Okay, so in the future. Um, yeah. I, I always had this dream about working with uh, Sandra van Dorn and Axwell. So those two are probably high. Sandra van Dorn, that should be easy, right? It should be. I mean, he... Is here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever asked him? I did. Okay. So here's the thing. Both me and Sander are a bit of a messy heads. So, uh, <laughs> so basically I've been told by V, my manager, that she will be in contact with his wife. Just ask him directly. I have. We have. We talked about it. We were excited about it too. So it's just, it's just one of those things. It's going to happen. Definitely. That's, that's your sure. two styles would match, like uh, match made it happen. I, I think it would. Yeah. I, the, a lot of my influences from the back then is Santa Van Dorn. I mean, yeah. I loved his rhythm and beats. My, one of my favorite tracks is still like, uh, I think it's called, uh, yeah, Loaded in the Dark Rose remix. Mm. Still one of my favorites. That's a good one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, another question from a listener. Let's see. Um, Transiclopedia wants to know, what do you like most at the moment producing? DJ Governor or Erdian? Oh, that's the thing. Those are two different entities entirely. Uh, I can't really say because I get ideas for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I feel on the trancy side, definitely DJ Governor. Yeah. If I have more of a clubby side, that's going to be Audrey Nelson. I've asked the same question to uh, Sonder 
Dorn actually was sitting here and I was asking, how do you decide when you sit down in the studio, how do you decide that you go Purple Haze or Sander van Dorn? It, it just happens. Yeah. But just, um, I mean, uh, I know, I mean, I would say DJ Governor has his own way. It has his own kind of mood to it. Mm -hmm. A little darker mood, perhaps. So like a little bit darker melody and a little bit more uh, upbeat, obviously, mm -hmm. and BPM and everything. But it has a different, that it has a different mood. I know almost immediately if this is a DJ Governor track or an original listen track. Melody wise or melody just wise. a feel wise? Yeah, uh, yeah mood. Mm -hmm. Mood wise. So it's mood like. Wise. Okay, we'll keep it on mood. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, this is a hard question. Jess JB2021 wants to know what is your all time favorite trance track? <laughs> I hate actually, this question, but I need to know it from you as well. Okay, actually, I know my absolute favorite track. It's Push Universal Nation. Yeah? Mm? Always has been. That was the one when I saw, I think it was Tiesto uh, who played that at Inner City. Inner City, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember hearing like the live version on the album, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It just took me to a whole different place. So, yeah, the intro of yeah. the city, of the inner city. That yeah, because Oof. that that's the track that wanted wanted me to become a DJ at sixteen. So yeah. Oh, let, let's go back to the period actually, because you started making music. Yeah. Sorry for jumping here. No worries. But you started to making music, and then you had your first release. But somewhere in between, you started DJing as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. So basically, I started producing in 96, and I started DJing in 98. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm an old-timer. You still have a lot of finals, though? Uh, Please tell me you didn't get rid of them. Four or five thousand. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. Did you put them in discos already? Nope. I have oh them all. Oh, my God, I did that. I No, no, I, I just made my collection. I just have it on on Discord, so I know exactly which finals I have. Oh, like oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, I probably should do that as well. <laughs> I did that in, in lockdown. It's such a therapy, man. And then you go through all these tunes and you're like, oh, yeah, this one. Oh, this one. I've, I've done that a lot lately. I realized how much stuff I actually have from ID&T back in the days. Oh, yeah. Dick yeah. de Groot was an amazing a &R, still is. I was, I was going to say. All the, the silver and on the black, black one side, uh, white on the other side, yeah. or the silver ones. So Alex Moore's Rank wow. ones, man. Uh, uh, Yope. Yope, yeah. There you go. And uh, I had, Miller. I had, I had some really old ones. Like, uh, I f okay, so I was a huge BXR. Like, woof, I yeah. loved BXR back in the, the days. The Mario Picotos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were so amazing. Like, uh, Sakuman, the recall. Yeah. Oh man, and all those things. And just like when I when I looked at that, I was like, oh my god, these are so cool. That's uh, actually, uh, that did inspire the brand new uh, track from me and Mark that nobody's going to hear yet, but very soon. Yeah. Let's talk about that since we still have time. Mm -hmm. I um, Because we talked about this a little bit on, on air already in the State of Trends episode mm -hmm. this week. You're starting a new alias together with Mark. Yes, I am. What can you tell about it? Okay. So here's the thing. We went, uh, so my, my manager V had her wedding uh, during the summer mm -hmm. and me and Mark were there. I was actually officiating the wedding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And me as a minister, can you imagine? It was awesome. I would love to see that, to be honest. I do have a white collar. White collar, little <laughs> bow tie or no? <laughs> no, I just had a shirt on. It was all good and fun. I had to like apparently delete half my speech because it was a little <laughs> not PG-13. So, uh, <clears throat> But anyways, uh, so we were sitting there and we were talking in the hotel, me and Mark, about, you know what? You remember all those old tracks that we used to love, like the BXR stuff and the old Santa Van Dorn stuff? We should make something like that again because nobody does. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, Mark de Jong does. Yeah, Mark yeah, de Jong. Actually, yeah. yeah. A little bit faster probably. But yeah. yeah. So we thought, you know what? You're going to try. 
you're going to try to figure out if we can find a way to do this. And he's like, yeah, but it's going to be weird though, because it's not going to sound like either me or you. So we thought, you know what? Let's make it not sound like me and you, and let's not make it like the names are me and you either. So we were like, okay, okay, let's try to do it. So we planned that we're going to meet up in the studio and not make it separately, you know, from Dropbox. Just really sit down and work on it together, yeah. So that's why I spent like uh, five days now at his place, and Mm -hmm. we managed to finish the first track and started on two new ones. So you basically have the foundation of three tracks already? Basically, yeah. Oh, I'm very curious about that. Especially if you mentioned that it's inspired on BXR. Because I have a lot of... I remember going to, to, well, for DJs only. Yeah. You would go to the shop and they would have in new BXRs. Oh, yeah. Instant buy. You didn't even have to listen to it. No, it was all quality. All perfect, like techno trance. So that's your aim, techno trance. Yes. On what kind of energy? Well... I would definitely say that the, the our first finished product is high on energy. High on energy. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It's a uh, BPM wise. It's, uh, it's, it's I'm going to tell you. It's 130 BPM. Mm-hmm. Feels faster. Okay. Right. When uh, when can we expect the first one? Well, first we need to see if uh, we want to finish a second one and make it an EP. We mm-hmm. don't know yet. Uh, but uh, now this one is done. We want to have three done before we actually want to release anything. Okay. So, so you, yeah. you have something to work with. Exactly. So we can just stack them up. Nice. Um, Another question. Tone Ross wants to know, what has been your highlight of your career so far? Oh man, there's been, I have to say so many. Okay. I said this before, so I'm going to say it again. Let's take three. Take three. Okay. Top one. Actually, let's start with three. Yeah. Uh, Three was first time playing EDC Vegas. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Like on the big stage, I think it was like either 45 or 65,000 people. It was, uh, it it was surreal. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, uh, Tomorrowland, a state of trance stage, 2017. Oh, I still get goosebumps thinking about that. That was good. But believe it or not, my number one, small in scale, a state of trance 500. Really? My first state of trance, and uh, I remember it quite vividly because uh, I was there with my friend Vegard Fingling, as yeah. people might know, and um, he looks outside at the crowd, at the room we were in. And he's like, "Oh, no, it's like 70 people in there." And that was like 15 minutes before I started playing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, at least you guys are here so we can have some fun. So I went to to the bathroom real quick and uh, came back and I just see Vegar standing there smiling. And just like, (laughs) I was like, what's going on? He's like, don't worry about it. And I didn't even see the crowd because I have to go up in the back of the stage and I had to like- You have to go up the stairs. Yeah. And had to bend down so people didn't see me. Yeah. Um, and I put my CD in, not USB, CD. Yep. I think it was Tanisha who played before me. And, uh, and he just stands there. He doesn't say anything. I think it was Joven. I'm not sure if Cyprian was there. Yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm just sitting there as so I start my intro track and I, I stand up and the room is jam packed. It's so jam packed that security had to stop people from trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I almost cried, man. Because it was the first time I played something really huge like that in 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 Holland, and I was just like, "Wow, that was that will always and forever be my oh, moment." Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I think I remember that it was a it was a special tour, the five hundred, because we went to. I still, I think I still lived in Rotterdam back then. We had to fly to five different continents in five different weekends. Oh. It was unbelievable. We went to Australia, we went to Argentina, we went to Miami. Oh, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry, can I can I have not just an honorable mention, but it's probably up there? Back seven, back Argentina. Oh, dude, yes. 
that 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 night oh my god that was something else that was something else never been seen before i think so that was uh, pretty cool i mean i had so much fun that was that was such a rush that was such a rush it was because i i i, I, I was there i played the first set of the day so it was people were still getting in they weren't getting into the vibe and there you know people are still there it was not jam packed when yeah. i played so I played my set. was amazing because the Argentinian crowd is just... I mean... There's something else. Special breed. And then, especially because it was the last set of the night, it started with Thomas, I think. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And then Armin came in. Yeah. And then another one came in. And then another one. And then another one. And then the crowd was... They were so hyped. Yeah. It was unbelievable. They, they were ecstatic. Like, oh my God. And everybody was just... Okay, wait a minute. I have this one. I'll play it right now. Oh, wait a minute. I'll go yeah. over you right now. Okay. You play this one? Wait a minute. I'll play that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was so fun, man. And completely different people and completely different styles. It was so cool. I yeah. have to admit, like, I, I did laugh my ass off when Darude actually played Sandstorm. No, no, uh, Dash Berlin played Darude Sandstorm. Yeah. I, I was like, how? Why? Okay, that's cool. It fits. Yeah, it definitely fitted. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't have too much 140 things. Oh, let me try this. Boom. It was so cool. I, I that was. I think I played Fisherman and Hawkins, Apache, and I played Joint Operations Center remix of uh, Find the Way. Oh yeah, yeah those yeah. were the two tunes that because it was also a little bit more up to pace than I normally do as well. I played Fairy Course and Radio Crash. Yeah, which is still one of my favorite tracks. <sighs> good times, man. Good memories. It is, man. We need to get back to those memories. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Danny Richmond, good question. How do you spend your free time? <sighs> hmm. Okay. I uh, I'm I love playing my PlayStation and playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, drive around on your horse? Yeah, basically. Through the snow? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not through the snow. I, 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 that's the, just the first level. Yeah, that's the first that's level. That's where I got stuck. I've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I finished the game like five times. I just keep on starting it's it It's a different storyline every time, right? It, it depends on which way you want to go. If you want to yeah. be the dark bandit or if you want to be the good guy. Did which, you play both? No, I've just been a good guy. For some reason, I just end up, oh, I can't do this to this poor NPC. Yeah. <laughs> These pixels. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so you have to play it as a villain as well at this certain point. I have to, I have to. I think that's the next next step is going to be me being a villain with Arthur. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, Rio Eleniano wants to know, what is your favorite plugin? Good question. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, well, that's the thing though. I use them all, but... Uh, Nowadays, I probably use Serum the most, I mm -hmm. would say, together with one that is actually not mentioned too much, Avenger. Okay. From VPS. I love it. Avenger is such a cool thing, and I make a lot of sounds on it too. I think it's an underrated little synth. Yeah? Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, what kind of synth is it? Well, basically, it's sort of like best of both worlds. It's, mm -hmm. it's sort of like a rompler as well as it is like a, like a virtual analog thing. What is the last, what is the last uh, plugin that you bought? That's plugin I bought. Uh, that would probably be. Oh, I'm kind of late to the party actually with that one, but it's it's Fab Filter. The, I think the so. EQ or the limiter. Uh, no, it was a DSer. Okay, that's the last thing I bought. It's basically because I wanted a good DSer for my uh, my microphone. Ah, okay, makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's the questions already, and that's the podcast already. So <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No, it went fast. Well, thank you so much for answering all these questions, Erdem. Uh, Thank you so and much. And let's for not me. make it another three years before I see you in the studio again. Please, please leave the planet COVID. We don't want this anymore. <laughs> leave us alone. All right. Thank you so much for watching to this uh, this podcast or listening to this podcast. Next time we're going to be back with a new one. See ya. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in. 
To check full episodes of A State of Trance for free, simply visit ArminRadio.com. A, a, a State of Trance returns next week.